afternoon, good evening, good day, and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to the new Blurt. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather, the Turbal people of Yagra land, as well as the Woiwurrung people of the Warrantiji land. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We respect all Turbal and Woiwurrung elders and ancestors and any First Nations people here today. Hi, I'm Keely, and tonight I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country, the Kulin Nation. The Woiwurrung people's sovereignty was never ceded, always has been and always will be Aboriginal land. And I thought I'd just say on the... Um, off the bat early, I seem to have a bit of a frog in my throat. So if you hear me coughing, etc., you'll know why. Um, I don't know if it's an allergy thing or, you know, a bit of COVID's trying to hit me, which would be great because I'm meant to go away next week. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm hoping it's not that. But anyway, it's uh, quarter past eight on a wonderful uh, balmy Tuesday evening and it's on the uh, 24th of October. Over to you, Wensai. Uh, g'day, Kexter. I want to acknowledge the traditional uh, custodians of this land that I am coming to you live, um, of the people, uh, the Jagra and Turbul people. I pay re respects to the Jagra and Turbul elders, past, present and emerging. Um, sovereignty was never ceded. I too am doing very well, thank you very much. And it's also very balmy here, probably 27, 28 degrees right now. Yes, now you're you're barming me slightly. Um, you, you went on the barmy side, um, but I'm trying to work out. I normally have a temperature gauge. Oh, here we go. It's a barmy 16 degrees, but I've got to I've got to say though, it feels. Um, yeah, I mean, it just it just feels a bit. I don't know, not sticky so much, but it just it doesn't feel cold. Let's put it that way. It doesn't feel cold. Spring is definitely in the air then. Well, I've got a t I've got a t-shirt on and I've got uh, shorts on under here. Um, for a chart for a change, okay. and um, I have got some sort of trouser trouser uh, on, and um, and and we hope, just, yes, well, not just sitting, uh, <laughs> not just sitting jocks. Apparently, apparently, over COVID, that was a thing that uh, people were doing, just yeah, I believe so. in their jocks, just <laughs> it was uh, the running joke, wasn't it, over COVID? Yes. It what was, was it? Party, formal up top and then informal down the bottom or below uh, the waist? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, party, party down below or nothing mm. down below. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. But anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, so as I had alluded to at the start of the uh, program, I'm hoping that I don't have um, the dreaded uh, COVID because that would really annoy me because <laughs> mm. uh, I've you don't got want that my... one again. Well, no, but more than that, I've got my niece's wedding next week. Oh, no. And I bloody well want to go. Mm. Um, oh, definitely. Do you have to so, travel far? Uh, well, to New Zealand. Ah, oh, that's to New Zealand. Yes, nice. it is to New Zealand. And um, yes, yeah, so I, I really I want to be right. But the thing is, I've, I've noticed this for quite a long time now, that if I don't take my allergy tablets... Mm. Um, I can have things that feel like I'm a bit COVIDy, mm. but I'm yep. not. Um, it's it's to do with my allergies, and mm. um, and they definitely seem to be up <clears throat> a little bit um at the moment. And yeah. um, 
yeah, my throat's a bit not not quite right. The so, thing that gives yeah. it away for me if it's an allergy, especially when I'm in Melbourne, are the itchy eyes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, do, I do get that. I do get that, but I, it's not like that at the moment. It's just right. a bit of a bit of a dodgy throat, um, but not not a terrible one. Just as mm. I say, it just sort of feels like a bit, bit froggy. Yeah. But um, there's something that a little birdie had told me is that um, school is out for your yeah. um, yes for, for your for your last one or your first no, one. My your first, first Ah. One of my children, the oldest, Elijah, has officially, technically finished high school today. They had their second and last exam. They've still got to go back to school in three weeks' time, mid-November, for three days to do God knows what, say goodbye to people and teachers. And there's a graduation evening um, on one of those nights when they go back. But now they're done. They're done with school. That's... Yippee for my side because one down and one to go. <laughs> well, I think with Indy, if she had to go back to say goodbye, she could have done it with one finger. So I don't think <laughs> it, it would have took uh, that much of her time to do that at all. Yeah, but, that good, um, eh? But, yeah, no, she was yeah, not – not, no, she's happy to be out of there, no doubt about that whatsoever. Mm. So. Um, that's a good thing for her, but yeah, it's interesting because it was the last uh, last week of uni for her for her first year of her marketing yeah. degree with Swinburne as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she enjoyed that year so far. Yeah, yeah, she has actually. She's mm. she has really enjoyed it. Um, it's been interesting though. They they do different things. It's not just all about exams. It's mm. they do a lot of assignments as well. Yeah, yeah, and um. And it seems like I don't know, just for shits and giggles, they go on a Friday. They go the Friday before they expect you to hand them in. Um, oh, just so you know, uh, you've only got five days left, but we're going to give you two assignments or three assignments just just before you leave. Right, good on you. Good. Like I need a, any extra stress. I know. Just tell me about it. So, um, <laughs> so I think she's got about three to finish before Friday, I believe. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and she'll she'll want to get it all done, etc. Because we're off next week. So, mm. um, fortunately, she doesn't work full time. I know she does work part time, but um, mm. hopefully, she can just focus over the coming days just to finish those off. Yeah, yeah. I uh, know she seems to have a pretty good um, system going. So, uh, we'll we'll see how it all goes. I mean, mm. you know, she she knows what she's doing. It's not like she's yeah. a kid anymore. She keeps telling me. Um, uh, she'll always be your kid that's true but uh, like all kids still very very hard to get them to do anything around the house yeah. um, so uh, you know but anyway actually talking about homework haha oh, what a segue oh yes someone's got some homework education Yeah, so um, a little bit of uh, work I did, uh, we talked about it last week, we talked about Poland election, mm. and um, I just wanted to say where the seats fell on the Poland election. Oh, yeah. And um, the piss party, which in this case... <laughs> <Yeah>. was... <laughs> I did like that when we talked about it last week. <laughs> uh, in this case, is the piss poor party, because um, they got, I think they got 
uh, I think it was, I don't know, it was uh, 200 seats or, or whatever it was. <laughs> they, they definitely got more than the majority of either party that um, that was going against them, the oppositions. But with them um, siding and becoming a coalition, as it were, um, they're able to out the ultra-right-wing authoritarian LGBTQI um, xenophobic party. Mm. Good, good. So good riddance to them. It is, absolutely. So that is good for Poland, although I have heard little bits of information about uh, especially the LGBTQI community over there, still not 100% happy um, with the new government and not 100% convinced that mm-hmm. they will get uh, good laws and uh, respect that they need, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's a bit, um, that's a little bit shit. Yeah. But um, at least you know, at least it's something, and at least it's a bit better. Uh, yeah. The other, the other little bit of homework I wanted to do as well is um, it's just I talked about Ness being a Kiwi citizen mm. and applying for the SCV, and I was a little bit um, uh, a, a little bit generic and probably not particularly uh, correct with some of the information I was talking about. So I thought I'd, you know, go to the source and get a little bit of information. And the old rules about the, um, I think it's called the, it's a temporary visa holder. So it's a special mm-hmm. category visa holder, the SCV. And um, okay. SCV. And there's about 700 and um, uh, 780,000 or something of these visa holders in Australia. Mm-hmm. And, um, Many, many of those now will be um, eligible to uh, get citizenship uh, quite a lot easier than they were able to do before. Um, And on that SCV visa, they weren't allowed to vote in an election or a referendum, Mm -hmm. uh, join or undertake ongoing work in the Australian government. And um, I don't think you're allowed to get a pension on the SCV either because basically Mm -hmm. what it meant was every time you left the country, that visa started again. You didn't have mm. to pay for it, but it just meant that it started again. Mm, and just resets. Yeah. And mm. the laws that they were putting in place was you had to be here for a certain amount of time. Mm. So anytime that Ness left the country, it negated it all the time she was here. Yeah. Because it had wow. to reset every time. So ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. I mean, when you've got folks in you know one country and another, it's it's hard. So mm. to get um, citizenship, as I say, it was harder for, for Ness than it was for me. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, 1st of July 2023, New Zealand citizens who've been living in Australia for four years or more will be eligible, eligible to apply directly for Australian citizen. Uh, these changes apply to New Zealand citizens holding the SCV, uh, who arrived after 26 uh, February uh, 2001. Uh, if they're a dual national, that's fine. They can hold on to their um, uh, other passport, in this case, the mm-hmm. New Zealand one, without a problem. Um, and they have the right to hold the passport for both countries and get the full benefits of citizens, such as social security payments, healthcare, voting rights, New Zealand becoming Australian citizens do not lose any rights, but gain additional rights. So, yeah, so that's a really good thing and i just thought i would um just follow up on that excellent um, excellent yes 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 good now good to hear 
No, absolutely, absolutely. I think you had some other stuff you want to talk about. Yeah, just a couple oh, yeah. of quick things. Um, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, about the screenwriters' uh, strike coming to an end. Just wanted to give you a quick update on the actors' strike. Um, last Saturday, 21st of October, they reached 100 days on strike. Um, wow. So still going. Uh, hasn't ended. Uh, there was a Zoom meeting um, held on October 17 last week between union leaders and, and a group of leading Hollywood stars, including George Clooney, Scarlett Johansson, uh, and Robert De Niro. Heavy and hitters. What were... <clears throat> What's that? Heavy oh, hitters. Heavy hitters, yes. Big, uh, definitely. And what they were suggesting, uh, what actors who earn um, a lot of coin, maybe what they could do is pay more in union fees, um, to which then obviously goes back to, to the union and whatever they use that for. Um, and they estimated that might generate an extra $50 million a year. That's US dollars. Holy so, shit. Sure, sure, yeah. they get paid. Oh, exactly. Considering uh, one of those actors could easily earn anywhere between 20 and $50 million just for one movie. Um, does, does any one of those actors earn that amount of money? 20 to $50 oh, million for one movie? They have been known to. I know, I know all three of them have in, in the past. I don't know now, but in their heyday, they would have. Wow. Um, especially, uh, Scarlett Johansson obviously is doing a lot of Marvel TV series, so I don't know how she yeah. gets paid. Yeah, for that um, must be different to movies, but yeah, you get the likes of Tom Cruise, who's still earning twenty, thirty mil per yeah. per movie. Yeah, plus plus he's a I think a director and producer and yeah, you know yeah all that sort of stuff. And there's quite a few yeah. of them, like George Clooney does that, and um, mm. there's so many of them that do that. Oh, now. Like Seth Rogen is. Yeah. Um, does yeah. a lot of that, which I'm surprised yeah. how much he does yeah. as well. So. It's amazing how many of them are in front as well as behind the camera these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Tuesday the 24th today, their time, so obviously they're still behind. Um, uh, the unions and studios are going to go back to the negotiating table. So over the coming day or two, we'll see hopefully what comes of that. Um, but until the actor strike is over, movies like Wicked, Deadpool 3, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 are on hold. Um, and they've also, the union, the actors' union have also said any striking actors have been warned against dressing up as characters from film or television shows um, for this Halloween. So it's uh, a bit of a dampener for their, their big Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is true. It is true. I was actually thinking that w we could do a little thing on Halloween this week, but I forgot all about mm -hmm. it. And we had oh, so we many other things. Week. Well, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, <laughs> well, somebody's um, going to be uh, OS. Well, someone wants to be, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just need to check that while I'm talking to you right now. So we fly out on the Thursday. So, yes, we will definitely have a show next week. And it actually does happen to be on Halloween. <laughs> Ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we will um, have a Halloween show. Maybe mm. that could be quite cool. Yes. So. Um, and speaking of New Zealand, um, yes. last week, we I think it was last week, we briefly mentioned Cal Wilson and her passing. Um, yes. 
I came across today for anyone who wants to relive any of her comedic uh, performances um, on stage or wherever, there is a YouTube playlist that I discovered. Oh, fantastic that has a whole Brilliant bunch work. of it. Um, so that will be in the show notes. <clears throat> so as you can see, it spans... Um, a long time. Almost from the beginning. So the very... Well, 2003. Yeah, yeah, 2003, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. 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 So I'll put that in the show notes. So... Oh, that's awesome. I'll have a look She's at hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Oh, beautiful work, Wincy. Really yeah, good stuff. So. Sensational. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's just such a fire and shame on that one. Ah, uh, yeah, sure is. So, so quick. That's the... Yeah. Part. It is. But... If it was an aggressive cancer, um, I've gone through two cancers with my mum and dad, and I know that if it's aggressive and you're gone, that's a much better situation than aggressive and being in pain all the time, not being mm. able to eat, and then yeah. can't. You know, it's just my mum was just horrible to watch. That yeah. was terrible. Yeah. I never wish that on anyone. So, yeah. but yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, something else I wouldn't want to wish on anyone is this picture here. I'll just see if I can get it uh, get it into the media spot that we have. Yep, there we go. Oh, look at that. So that picture there is a demolished house. Oh, what? Yeah. How did that happen? Yes. Well, the problem is that's the wrong house. Oh, what? Uh, someone read the google maps directions incorrectly or <laughs> so this genius um uh, susan hodgins said in an interview on saturday with the associated press that she found a pile of rubble in her place what used to be a long time family property when she right. returned from vacation last month she had a neighbor call her when she was away and asked if someone had been hired to tear down her vacant house. Tell me, what? how happy would you be getting that call? Wouldn't that be a great tool? There you are, are you? sitting on Susan, an island. Susan, are you there? I just wanted to make sure it's okay for the three bulldozers coming through your <laughs> I hope you don't have anything valuable in there. <laughs> Just, uh, oh, look, I mean, you laugh, but Christ, if it was your house, you wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, you'd be um, devastated and angry. But the, hilarious, but not hilarious, um, is I said no. <laughs> Short answer, no. And she said, well, there's someone over here and they just demolished your whole house. <laughs> and, uh, oh, so when the neighbor confronted them, the workers got nasty and uh, he told her to shut up and mind her own business. <laughs> we know what house is to demolish. She sent a family member over to see what was going on. When a person in charge of the site checked his permit, he admitted he was a dickhead. <laughs> and um, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> It's been boarded up for 15 years. We keep it boarded, covered, grass cut, yard is clean. The taxes are paid, everything on it, and now it's flat. We're still in the process of figuring out what to do. So to this day, the Atlanta-based company responsible, you call it, we haul it. Um, so if anyone's ever going to use them, and uh, anyone in America, don't do that. Definitely yeah. do not use that company. Um, they're called, you call it, we haul it. 
yeah, they'll kill it if it's not yours. Um, Zero star rating. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> their uh, their Uber rating is uber low. Um, how can how can how low they think... to the ground? That's yes, how low. That, that's exactly right. <laughs> Parallel to the latitude. How can they think it's okay? I just wish uh, someone will come and fix a problem that he caused. I'm thinking, what you mean, rebuild your house? Because mm. I mean, that's the only thing they could do. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, they've had diddly squat. Um, back from the company, which which I find uh, amazing. Uh, it says, Ooh. what do I need to do to fix this? Uh, hold on. <laughs> it's just hard to believe someone thinks that they have the right to just come in, tear something up, walk away, and didn't come back and say, I'm sorry, what do I need to fix this? They didn't give me anything. The company did not immediately return a telephone message. In a statement to uh, WIGA-TV, the company said it was investigating the working <laughs> and working to resolve the mishap. What, you're going to rebuild the house then? Yes. Yeah. I can't see what other resolution there is myself, but you know, that's just me. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see if we can find out any more information over the coming weeks or months. See if yes, yes, I just actually rebuild it. That was a that was a fun one the one I when I saw that one this week. But um yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, there you go. For us. Um do you have uh, I know yeah, absolutely. I know I, I know I I know our band has gone a tad longer. Um, but do you have anything else that you wanted to have a chat about? I am done with banter. I Okay, I will do a very, very quick rundown on Trump Watch. because uh, yep. we didn't have one uh, last one. week. So I will eleven I need 11,000 votes. Losers only. It's Trump China. So in no particular order, we have Trump on trial. Trump faces new peril in federal 2020 election case after lawyer pleads guilty. So if you're not up with this, he's now had three um, defendants that are in the, uh, of the 19 defendants that are in the Georgia trial. That are all on trial for um, uh, the RICO case, which is uh, basically trying to overturn the 2020 election. Uh, three of them all pleaded guilty so far. Um, all so nutbags. Absolutely. All nutbags. And it's just going to be hilarious at some stage when Trump gets in there. And uh, what's he going to plead? It's going to be <laughs> interesting. But anyway. Um <clears throat> Donald Trump uh, called uh, billionaire Anthony Pratt a red-haired <laughs> weirdo from Australia. I'm thinking, have you looked in the mirror lately? I was going to say, um, pot kettle black? What? Yes, yes, exactly <laughs> right. Yes, 100%, 100%, 100%. But he denies discussing submarines as he has no idea what they are. No. Um, so, Donald, <laughs> the insult came after Pratt denied reports that he discussed the sale of nuclear tr- uh, submarines. Trump has a history of insulting people, you think? On social media, particularly those who have criticised him, the insult was met with criticism from some who said it was unprecedented and childish. And I'll just stop there because basically that's his whole modem operandi. Yeah, so there's no works, point going yeah. any further. Absolutely. So the other thing I did want to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about it for very long at all, but it was, if I can find it, oh, yes, Trump's niece denounces her maniac uncle for leaking Israeli intelligence. So. Uh, Mary Mary Trump, who she she loves uh, Donald. I don't know if you've ever heard Mary Trump, but if you do, she's obviously the smart one in that family. 
And she loves uh, to hate it. Oh, she does. She does nearly as much as us. And wrote a <laughs> scathing post about her uncle um, blasting his alleged leaks to foreign leaders. This fucking maniac likely gave Putin, <laughs> who gave Iran, who gave Hamas, Israel national security uh, secrets. End of quote. She wrote. Plus, he divulged, uh, divulged uh, highly classified information about our nuclear subs uh, to this cardboard guy. I like that. Anthony Pratt, the cardboard guy. Oh, the cardboard guy, yeah. I like that. I do like that. And uh, appeared to be referring to the alleged sharing of classified information, et cetera, et cetera. He tweeted he had an absolute right to do so. Of course, he did, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I just, I just thought that was good. I like Hilarious. that. Uh, yeah. I, I do like that. This fucking maniac. <laughs> That's... That's a great way to start a tweet. I like it. It sure Brilliant. is. Summarizes it beautifully. It does indeed do that. It does indeed <laughs> do that. And uh, someone uh... else who uh, summarizes uh, things beautifully, I think, is this people. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. The Australia Institute produces high-quality research that has real-world impact, whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. I think we'll do a bit of indelible Indigenous. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I just need to do this. <laughs> was a little bit halting okay. um it was wasn't it it stopped suddenly it was it did it did indeed stop suddenly um i'm gonna have to just didn't, uh, sort that out didn't because we've been using the, the uh, um the... no no absolutely but we've been using the um voice to parliament uh all statement recognition um indigenous for months now so um and obviously, for many reasons that you are about to divulge and uh, mm. uh, explore, uh, why we didn't and why we're not. Yeah. So. Well, yes, exactly. So, um, as we briefly discussed last week, um, a lot of the First Nations um, advocates, uh, land councils, Thomas Mayo, um, Marsha Langton, etc., that cohort. Um, all decided to have a week's grieving process to not talk about uh, the result um, because it was so devastating, and um, and more more so to reflect on why and how and then how do we move forward. And a couple of days ago, Sunday, they all started talking about about it a bit more. Um, but I just really, I just really wanted to quickly talk about what happened leading up to it and just say 
um, why it may have failed and things like that. So um, some of the reasons why um, they're saying that the yes failed was there was a divide between urban and regional voters um, with the strongest voters being in inner city areas that people with a higher education had better had higher support for the referendum, um, which I'm not too, I don't quite agree with, um, with that observation. Um, but um, there was also correlation between higher incomes and, and support for the referendum change. Um, there was also perception that the referendum was being pushed by an elite agenda, whatever that means. Um, but the main one, oh, I think... Oh, what that means is that people that can actually think mm. um, thought they might, True. I don't know, try to make the lives of uh, people that have been here for 65,000 years yeah, better. exactly. If that's what we are, then I'm happy to be an elite. Um, yep. but, but one of the main, a couple of the main things that um, I think people turned off from the referendum and... and didn't pay attention too much, uh, which could be part of the reason why they voted no, was the concerns about the cost of living. They found that a high priority compared to making this small but significant change. And the other one was um, a failure by the government to adequately, adequately explain the referendum and its potential benefits. I think that's up for debate. I, th I thought that they explained it well, but I think it was muddied by the no campaign and all the misinformation and lies that they um, spewed out over the last 12 months. I think it's yep. so, I think it, it it's just so easy to be ignorant. It's mm. just so easy. I mean, we've got 25 million people, 17 million people that can vote. Um, and of those 17 million people, I would think that probably 70% maybe 75, maybe higher than that, are completely mm. ignorant to realise what state of the world our whole planet is in right mm. now. Yeah. I know they're I know they're worried about their uh, cost of living and uh, all those sort of things. I, I understand that. Mm. I, I get that. And I've been in those situations as well. But we're in a different phase of, of life and this planet is in a different phase of life mm. and... We don't wake up. Nothing we do will make any difference. No, no. And if we do wake up, it might be too late by then. And it's oh, not will be. not being alarmist or anything. But what if? What if all the science is right? What if? Um, yeah, the planet is heating up and things like that. I know we're digressing a little bit from the yes campaign, but yeah, oh, it's, it's just a it's, all, it's just it's a lot all, of things. It's all part of it. I mean, yeah. The whole reason that, you know, we're in the dire straits that we're in, not just in the world, well, yeah, all around the world, mm. is that we didn't listen and we mm. didn't take um, uh, history lessons from the Indigenous of mm. all the different um, countries. Correct. You know, uh, we pushed them off their land. We didn't learn from them. We didn't ask them enough questions. We didn't glean their culture and mm. we didn't integrate it enough into this colonial mm. culture that we've created. And, yeah. you know, and and basically all that's done is, well, 
destroy the world um, way faster than we, anyone on the planet really wants it to happen. But they're, Ooh, they're really yeah. not going to have a lot of say in it. So yeah. anyway, I mean, I know we do grow, digress a little bit. Really, it all just goes hand in hand. Mm. Um, yeah, and I and I think a lot of the um, uh, parties that uh, were against the yes and climate change and I don't want to, don't really want to say, it, but the right wing media and all that stuff. No, no, we we have to, no, no, no. We have to call out because that's exactly what they did not do. Mm. They did they they tried to same side this, and there is no same side. It's no. not a no and a yes. And this is what shit me from the start. Mm. Yes actually means we have decided that we believe that the people that have lived here for 65,000 years should be in our constitution because they never, yeah. ever have been. Mm. And the no and is saying, no, we don't want that to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's what makes me angry. And I'm sure it's made everyone who wanted the yes angry as well and um yeah i've never understood that argument that we that we are turning a blind eye to what has happened to the first nations for over 250 years i read a letter today uh from first nations i don't know if you've read that letter as well um it uh, i think it's got about 12 paragraphs in it uh Listener out there or, or viewer, um, <clears throat> if you can, find the letter. It's an open letter to Australia from the First uh, Nations uh, people of this country. Um, and it's pretty sobering reading. Um, and I think it's I think it's compelling reading. I think it, it should be definitely read um, because you can sort of you can sort of feel the tears just reading the letter from the mm. First Nations in this country. I mean, there was, I know Thomas Mayo's son, I think was only, I think he's like eight or 10 or something. And uh, he was like, he was, he just, he couldn't believe it. He was like, he tried to get up the next day and just went, mm. you know, Can't. why am I getting out of bed? You know, yeah. I mean, I live in this country. I have lived in this country. I've got, I've got, you know, nations, sort of blood, whatever, for so many thousands of years. And mm. I've just been rejected out of the place I actually, you know, inhabited for such a long period of time. It's... Yeah. Um, Linda Burney on the night of the results um, when she was there with um, Albanese, um, uh, she actually said, I know the last few months have been tough, but be proud of who you are. Be proud of your identity. Be proud of the 65,000 years of history and culture that you are part of and your rightful place in this country. We will carry on and we will move forward and we will thrive. This is not the end of reconciliation. But I I know she means well, but and it's not the end of reconciliation, but boy, has that set it back decades, potentially. Yeah, well, <clears throat> Professor Marsha Langdon, um, had said on the point on the night of the vote that it is mm. the end of reconciliation. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know what the answer is there. It, it, it's just, you know, it's just such a stupidly 
stupidly wasted opportunity that we had to be, you know, a decent nation and Australia's just blown it completely. And, mm. and, and actually I wanted to get back to that. There was a couple of things I wanted to say on that was um, one, the complete and utter disinformation, misinformation campaign from go to woe. Yeah. It's that should have been called out. That shit should have been called out way before so say for instance if you had someone from the labor party um because there wasn't too many green representatives around either you didn't mm. hear too many green representatives um um uh promoting the voice etc it was mm. um it was a, a lot of labor electors to do it and teal electors but it wasn't a lot yeah. of green and i don't know yeah. why that is either adam bant was definitely running it so he was the main face for the Greens. Um, up here in Queensland, we saw the local constituents uh, yeah. or the, the local members, um, yeah. whether it be state level or federal, they were pushing hard. Um, the Yes campaign, I'm assuming this was across the land, was being run by Labor. Mm. Um, but anyone could join. But anyone could join, so it wasn't limited to people who supported Labor because obviously this oh. was all about yes, not yeah. a political thing. Yeah. Um, but the beauty, what I enjoyed about this was that Labor was running it, but then the Greens, our in our electorate, our federal electorate, the Greens who um, office, who is um, Elizabeth Watson Brown. Um, yes. our federal member, her yes. office ran with a lot of the logistics of running um, the volunteering and the phone banks and all those things. So it was That's good to good. see, it was good, good to see you. two parties working together Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with Definitely. all of that. So that was a positive. I think some of the negatives um, for me was that the yes campaign didn't start early enough. I think the no campaign had several months already campaigning before the yes even started. Yeah, advertising anywhere and, and yep. things like that. Yep. The no campaign had so many good um, catch catchphrases, but the best one of them all, if you can say that in inverted commas, was if you don't know, vote no. Yeah, hate the sentiment, but man, that's very catchy. And well, it just well, I, I just want to translate that, which is if you don't know, stay completely ignorant, mm. because that's what that statement is saying. That's what they wanted you to do. And that was the yeah, purpose of that catch, that, of that catchphrase. So, of course, it worked. They, they so didn't want they, you to read the statement. They didn't want yeah. you to do anything. They just wanted yeah. you to believe their shit. And yeah. it was. It was just complete and utter fabricated rubbish. Mm. Um, and that's where I see the Yes campaign failed to advertise well. Dismally. I I I, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, totally, I, to I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I was talking to the, uh, I just happened to be having a casual chat to the, um, as you do, to the, um, to the co-chair of, um, uh, the co-chair of Reconciliation Australia. Mm -hmm. And um, we were chatting about the voice, um, et cetera. And the, the other co-chair is Professor Tom Karma, who was the Australian, um, I think he was Australian of the Year last year, I think he was, or okay. an Australian of the Year. He might have been Indigenous, mm -hmm. uh, Indigenous Australian of the Year. I'm not, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But um, the person I was talking to is, um, 
She's the CEO of the Committee for Economic Development of Australia and non-executive director of Australian Unity. She also is a member of the Parliamentary Budget Office panel of expert advisors. I was just just having a leisurely chat. Um, okay, as you do on on a week on a uh, relaxed week, uh, Sunday or Saturday was it? Yes, it was. I was at a wedding, and uh, um, and I mean, you d- we did get a few. Uh, I mean, uh, not trying to drop names, but Bill Shorten was there. So okay, the, um, yeah, the person that um. I was getting married, uh, basically lives next door. And yeah. <laughs> also, also, you know, just has um, uh, a lot to do with uh, in those circles, et cetera. But so um, lives next door to you? No, not to me, to the person oh, okay. got married. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, I was talking to the co-chair and she came, she, because she's web smart and, um and as a physically imposing, like I'm about 179 centimeters, which is just mm. under five foot eleven. She's pretty much my height. In fact, I think she might be slightly taller. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So she's uh, physically imposing as well as whip smart. And mm. um, and I was having a chat, and she was saying, and she just brought up some fantastic um, uh, arguments uh, or issues. Uh, mm. Anyway, she was saying that what biggest issue was that albo called it on election night because that mm-hmm. made it political instantaneously yeah. said that was a really bad strategic move yeah. um because that meant that obviously a spud couldn't get on board because it would have been a too good opportunity for him to try to tear some strips off the government mm, as we know he doesn't give point. a yeah. shit about the indigenous it's all yeah. about him mm. um the other thing she said that was really interesting as well was that no one was out there early from the Labor um, Party um, discussing um, what the voice was actually about, mm. and they didn't have an attack dog, like say Chris Bowen or someone, yeah, to um, bat away all of the misinformation and bullshit as soon as it mm. came up, or even before it was discussed. Yeah, yeah. What what they had was Linda Burney. Mm. So they needed they need, a just just enterprise or yes. Lydia Thorpe equivalent. They well, they didn't. They didn't need. Well, they didn't need another indigenous person. What they needed, they needed a white person pushing the yes case. Because you think about it. You think about it. Well, no, no, no. You think about it. They had a black person pushing the no case. Mm. You with me? Yeah. So they needed a white person to push the yes case. But wouldn't that just feel too colonial if it was a white person pushing the yes against the the, no? The people that voted no obviously didn't think so. Mm. Yeah, good point in that respect. So, um, you know, it was was just left on poor old Linda Burney's shoulders and it just Mm. wasn't, just wasn't wasn't. No, it wasn't enough, and it wasn't fair. There was—I mean, there's so many, so many things to learn from. But mm. Excuse me, sorry, I'm going to have to get a drink. This is so- no worries. Uh, the other thing, while you're doing that, um, Liberal Senator Andrew Bragg, um, who was a yes supporter, and went against um, Dutton's um, campaign for the no. Uh, what he um, said, uh, what he 
he blamed the outcome partially due to the fact that Labor didn't release an exposure draft bill. Um, but the most critical component here was the refusal to negotiate and a refusal to try and compromise to get a product which could have captured the centre ground. But I think that goes back to what you just said about Elbow announcing it on election night that he was going to get it and that, yeah, made it very political. Yeah, because he, he didn't have to do that. He really didn't. No, no, he, he could have waited. Just, yeah, he could have waited. He could have gone along and he goes, oh, I'm going to introduce this. <clears throat> what do you think? Yeah. And even at the Gama Festival last year when Albanese talked about the wording, that was um, a complete surprise to the LMP. So they didn't even know about it. So I think Elbow made a big mistake in not including the opposition from the very beginning. So, yeah, yeah a lot I, of failures. I agree with that. I do 100% agree with that. Um, anyway, so uh, Reconciliation Australia, just in case you wonder what they do, um, <clears throat> They are an independent, not-for-profit organisation that lead the body for reconciliation in Australia. Um, they promote, facilitate reconciliation by building relationships, respect, trust between the wider Australian community and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. So you can imagine that the person I was talking to was pretty upset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously very knowledgeable in, in that respect of yeah. the challenges. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> um. Actually, uh, I, I know we're going a bit long, um, et cetera, tonight, and we might even, we'll see how we go, mm. but uh, we might even cut a segment and push it to another week or whatever, because mm. I think this go. is, yeah, this Very is important. a good deep dive. Topic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I thought this might be quite interesting, because um, I've got uh, a reconciliation think... quiz. Uh, okay. I was going to say, before I, oh, you continue sorry. on with yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, just to keep going with just this component. Um, yes. What happens next um, with Marsha Langton and Noel Pearson? They've indicated they're going to step back from public life, so they're going to yes. move away from all of this. Yeah. Professor Megan Davis and Auntie Pat Anderson, um, who've been working on the referendum council, they haven't announced what they're going to do yet. Um, they may work on the Makarata Commission, so watch this space. Um, who else? We don't know what Lydia Thorpe is going to do, whether she'll pursue treaty next so there's still a lot of question marks and i think that'll come out in the wash in, over the coming months i don't think it's going to be immediate no i i don't think so either but <clears throat> I, I do i do see some good uh coming out of that though because uh, lydia uh, thought was only a progressive no which obviously mm. is no progression in that whatsoever yeah. but um she wanted to put progressive on the front so that she's not a racist which is obvious mm. that she is yeah. not because she's outed yeah. by racists but um, uh, she wants a treaty, et cetera. And as you just rightly said, that's part of the, the Makarata Commission, which is truth and treaty. So uh, truth telling and treaty. So uh, at least people will be able to come together over that together, including the progressive nose, as it were. Um, yeah. And you don't have, you know... Um, First Nations fighting, not fighting, but against sort of First Nations sort of thing. Mm, okay. um, so yeah, look, that will be that will be interesting, um, definitely. One thing I was going to say 
is uh, Victoria should have their treaty up and running um, January next year, apparently. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's positive. Um, yeah. Yep. And their citizens. Totally... Sorry. Go for it. No, you go first. No, I was just going to say that we've had a we've had a citizens assembly in Victoria. I think it's a First Nations assembly, actually. I, I think, think so. Yeah, uh, been running for a while, and I think they're coming up for new elections. And uh, apparently, that's yeah. been going pretty well as well. So. And that's similar to what a voice would have would have worked like. Yes, right? yes, it yeah. would have absolutely. The First Nations assembly is very, very similar mm. to a voice. Yeah. Actually, the other thing I was going to say too, I found out some information. Um, I was really quite surprised on the night. South Australia was so bad. Mm. Um, it was like, I don't know, I think it was even worse than the um, the average of Australia, I think, I believe. Yeah. So I think I 65, 35 or something. It was pretty right. terrible. Yeah. Um, and I was really surprised because I thought that they had a voice, they already had a state voice up. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about a few months ago that that, were about to start, so it would have been in place by now. Well, it would have been, it would have been if they hadn't have parked it. Mm, Okay. So they parked their voice because they knew the federal one for the referendum was coming. Mm, And they're probably putting their hopes on that coming through. Yes, and I think that's a bit silly because the idea was to have the state one up and running so people could see mm. how well it works and yeah. then go, okay, well, let's vote for this. Mm. You know what I mean? Exactly. Whereas I think I think they might have gone, oh, hold on, they haven't put this in. Why didn't they put this in? Um, yeah. You know, there was questions, et cetera. So, yeah, another mm. sort of... And... Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say another yeah. sort of reason to why their vote was so low. Mm. Yeah, interesting, because um, as a result of the no, um, the unanimous no result, the at the state level here... 60%. Uh, 60%. The state level, and it was worse here in Queensland. Um, yeah. For the no, for, for the yes side, it was the worst. Yeah. Um, the state opposition leader um, has, in light of the result, decided not to um, pursue treaty with the state Labor Party. And so now the treaty here that was would have taken off or, or at least get started is now dropped and not no longer on the card. So it just seems like there's no appetite for that to happen here in this state. So, yeah, that really, really disappointed. So, shit. Yeah. Th- yeah. That's just bullshit. That's, yeah. that's total crap. Yeah. So now, now, now the LMP opposition leader here is, is making it political as well. So, he's almost daring Palaszczuk to um, support a treaty when LMP will not support the treaty so that he can gain political. Uh, points. That sounds a lot like uh, Spudhead, who's also a Queenslander. What's your opposition leader like? Is he a knob? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit dysfunctional, a bit like the Victorian LMP. Uh, yeah. I've had a few change of leadership over the coming last couple of years. Yeah. Um, the latest one isn't um, is is nowhere near as good as 
any I've seen in in a, in a while. So, no, nowhere near as bad as Campbell Newman was. Um, yes, that's pretty terrible. Uh, but yeah, still pretty shit, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I I agree humbly with your humble opinion. Um, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, okay. Well, we're not going to solve the voice overnight. Unfortunately, we just no. have to watch this space, and uh, yeah. we will do that. We will do that. But I thought it was interesting. Um, it's just the fact of the we've had the vote, etc. Just to see what, just see what you and I actually know. Mm-hmm. about uh, reconciliation, considering we okay. sort of talk about it a bit. And, and if we find out that you and I know diddly squat, you can guarantee that it, most other people will know far less, which is a real problem. Haven't so, I told you that I don't do well in tests and exams? Uh, we'll, we'll soon find out, but it's going to be really quick here. So uh, the Marbo right. decision by the High Court of Australia recognised Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islands uh, and seized their fight overturning the previous held principle known as terra nullius, res nullius, intra forces terrae. The first one, terra nullius. Okie dokie. So let's take the quiz. Unfortunately, that is correct. That is correct. But unfortunately, um, that was... Not the first one on the quiz. So the first one on the okay. quiz, this, this is a good one. This is a good one. You'll like this. Uh, in 1967, more than 90% of Australians voted yes to a referendum to give the Australian government uh, the powers to make laws for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who include Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in what? Federal Parliament, the census or university degree programs? The census. The answer is the census, which, when yes. you think about it, is pretty shit. Um, it is, isn't it? I was celebrating uh, that I got the answer right, not celebrating that that was all they got. Yeah, I know. That's pretty <clears throat> terrible, isn't it? Basically, what mm. we're saying is 1967, we decided to treat um, Indigenous of this country, who've been here for 65,000 years, as people. As people. And isn't be that counted. Crazy, isn't, isn't that? it? Uh, it's lovely, isn't it? So... Uh, Willem famously poured dirt into uh, Vincent Lingari. The moment symbolised the day. 3,200 square kilometres of land transferred by leasehold back to the Gurindji people after an eight-year struggle. Where did this moment take place? Wave Hill, Wake Hill or Waverly Hill? Uh, that was the first one. You you did this. You talked about this a couple did of years I? ago, I think. Did I? I'm pretty okay. sure you did, yes. There you go. Which one was it? I think the first one. I forget how you pronounce it. So the, the wave hill, the wave, wave hill. hill, yeah, yeah, the wave, the wave hill walk off, yeah. yeah. It began on uh, 1966 when Aboriginal stockmen walked off the cattle station, protested unfair wages compared to their white counterparts. The walk off eventually became a discussion around land rights, and the Act passed ten years later in 1976. I'm actually reading a book at the moment that's got all that in it. It's um, nice. uh, Thomas Hart, not Thomas Hardy, um, Keneally. They got. No, no, no. The guy that wrote the power of not uh, not the power of one, uh, power and glory. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. I, I mean, think no, it's Thomas something. Keneally. Yeah, no, I think it is something Hardy. Um, he's another good Australian writer. He wrote a book years ago called um, "The Unlucky Australians." Oh, okay. In, in 1976, and mm. um, the the good thing about it is that they actually talk about. Um, they used the words they used at the time 
Yeah. So there's no yeah, pulling right. punches. And, right. and the, you, you have like a caveat before you read it and it mm. sort of tells you that that's going to happen. Yeah. So, but uh, it's very interesting. Um, anyway, the Mabo decision by the High Court of Australia recognised Aboriginal uh, etc., thereby overturning the previously held principle known as terra nullius, res nullius, intra forces terrae. And the survey says terra nullius. Terra nullius, yes, which basically means no bugger lives here, which is, mm. we know, is a load of crap. Yep. Um, Which is what we're trying to rectify at this referendum. Exactly right, my friend. Exactly correct. Uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge Walk for Reconciliation was held on Sunday the 28th of May 2000. What was the theme of the National Reconciliation Week in 2000? Reconciliation, let's walk the talk. Together we're doing it or sharing our future. Corroboree 2000, sharing our future. Oh, I know that's uh, twenty three years ago. Yeah, uh, I can't say I know it. I'll take a stab. Yep, in the dark. Yep, the second option. Yeah, it's funny because that's the one I was going to too, and we're both mm. wrong. Right. Okay. It's actually the Corroboree two thousand event started on twenty seven May two thousand. Sydney Opera House was the largest gathering of Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander, non Indigenous leaders in Australia's history. Right, yes. The Council for Aboriginal Reconciliation provided the Australian people with the Australian Declaration towards Reconciliation and the Roadmap to Reconciliation. Mm. Yeah, good roadmap. Excellent yeah. roadmap. That's, that's great. Yeah, well, we know who was in power at the time. Yep, sure do in 2000. Oh, yes. Terrible, horrible. Um, the National Apology to the Stolen Generations with a Powerful Moment delivered in the Parliament with bipartisan support by Kevin Rudd on what date? 26th of May 2008, 26th of May 1998, or 13th of February 2008? I know this one because it's my sister's birthday, February 13. I was going to say, I think it is, but I'm just not sure. So, no, I know because, uh, yeah, it, it fell on her birthday. Sister, <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, it, I know it's, it's weird, but, uh, my mum died on, um, on one of my good mates, uh, birthdays. Um, and so, yeah, so I have those two. I've got yin and yang on the same day. Mm. <laughs> got a happy birthday and not so happy. Time. Yeah. Um, but you so celebrate your mother's life, I guess, at the yes. same time instead. Yes, so. yes. Very true. Very true. Very true. Uh, 2017 First Nations National Constitution Convention 250 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island delegates adopted what significant document? The Uluru Statement of Reconciliation, Uluru Statement of the Heart, or the Makaraka, Makarata Statement? We've been talking about it all year. Have indeed. Absolutely. Formed in 2015, the Referendum Council was tasked with leading national consultations. First Nations Constitu- uh, Constitution Convention in Uluru, the group presented the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Uh, and a Makarata Commission to supervise the process agreement making between governments, First Nations, truth telling about our history. It's a powerful call to action. Nice. Which famous Australian song was inspired by the Gurindji land struggle? Treaty by Yothu Yindi, From Little Things, Big Things Grow by Kev Carmody, Paul Kelly, or Beds Are Burning? Oh, this one I do not know. It's from Little Things, Big Things Grow. Right, okay. Released in 93, the song tells the story of Vincent Lingari. Yeah, if you haven't 
you haven't uh, listened to the lyrics, they're worth listening to. They're really, really good. And it tells you the whole story of the way yeah. you walk off. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, listen to the lyrics next time and yeah, you'll know all about that walk off. It's very cool. Uh, the call for Aboriginal people to be able to make decisions about their own lives. Affairs similarly to the current campaign for voice of parliament was called on by Australian Aboriginal Progressive Association, the AAPA. In what year was that? Oh, never heard of them. I reckon. What are I the reckon. Options? Well, you got 2088 and 24. They're all in 19, obviously, okay. apart from 2000. Mm. I reckon 88, but I don't know. But I reckon 88. I give 88 a crack. Okay. No, I was wrong. Holy Scheisenbergers. It was 1924. 1924. The Australian Aboriginal Progressive Association was formed in Sydney in 1924. It advocated several key demands in protecting the rights of Aboriginals, such as self-determination, protecting children and families, land rights, and cultural protection. That was in 24. Wow. 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 100 years ago almost. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, hey? Really, really crazy. We've nearly come to the end. So, um, In 65, the Freedom Ride throughout regional New South Wales highlighted the rife racism, uh, appalling living conditions. For you got to remember in 1965... Uh, Indigenous aren't people yet. Mm. Um, the Freedom Rides journey challenged examples of immense discrimination, including what? A ban against Aboriginal ex-servicemen and Walgett returned servicely. Local laws barring Aboriginal children from Maury and Kempsey Pools. Racial segregation at the Boroughville Pictures Theatre. All of the above. I think it's all of the above. I was going to say, it's probably all of the above. The last two sentences. Correct. correct, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Correct. 15-day bus, uh, 15 bus journey saw University of Sydney students led by Charles Perkins. Ah, oh, Rachel Perkins. Perkins. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Perkins. And, you know, Rachel Perkins' his daughter, and daughter. she's done the whole documentary called The Australia Wars on SBS. I did know that. I haven't seen it. Yeah. We'll have to uh, see it. <clears throat> highly, highly recommended. It's hard to, it's hard to watch, but mm. it's, it's what happened. You know, this yeah. is... This is what we talk about. We we don't have the luxury or the privilege to stay ignorant. No, and my, I only know a little bit about it because my kids have gone through history at school where they did talk about uh, the Australian Wars. So we did come across it. Definitely wasn't taught uh, taught when I was in high school. Um, it was very much the white history when I was a kid. Not, not the um, Australian wars and and the the injustices that our kids, my kids, have have learnt over the last five or six years. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's totally different. It's nice that um, it's actually getting into schools. Um, mm. I really wish that I had learned about it a lot longer sooner. Yeah, yeah. me too. But um, well, we're trying to make up for lost time now. Um, mm. Okay, so this is the last one. Uh, January 26 was recognised as a day of mourning for First Nations people by the Australian Aborigines League. In what year? 1938, 1980 or 2012? I want to say 1980. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And we are wrong again. 
I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop agreeing with you. Was it the <laughs> early one, 1930 yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, it was. That was um, going to be my choice. Then I thought, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. The Australian Aboriginal uh, Aborigines League was established in Melbourne in 1933 by William Cooper and others. It campaigned for the repeal of discriminatory legislation. Now, William Cooper and others, it's interesting because quite a few of these names that we've been hearing and talking about. They're all in the book that mm, I'm reading. Okay, that you're reading. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to get that in the uh, show notes, that book. Yeah. Yeah, I will actually. I, I will. Mm. I will. The Unlucky Australians. I'm reading it on ebook, but, you know, mm. as I do, I'm reading about three books at once at the moment. And <laughs> I need to get back to the ones. Anyway, um, it campaigned for the repeal of discriminatory legislation, petitioned the King for Aboriginal Representation in Parliament, and um, organised a day of mourning on 26th of January 1938 to protest the lack of basic human rights available to Aboriginal people. Mm. That's pretty horrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Australia Day hasn't always been on January 26th. It has been on different days over the last century, but I can't remember the exact days, but, uh, years that it wasn't, but I know it's it's only... I think we've only been celebrating it for 30 odd years 40 40 i think so yeah i might have to do some homework on that one yeah look absolutely um so <clears throat> what i've been reading from is the reconciliation.org.au uh a site i will put it mm -hmm. in the um show notes definitely if you're interested in joining Reconciliation Australia, they've got heaps of different plans that you can um, you, you can uh, partake in. There's uh, local uh, projects that I think are on uh, that you can find out about and get involved in. There's also wider um, projects um, that you can put your skills to, uh, depending on what your skills are, etc. Uh, and basically try to... Um, uh, get the message out there and get the education out there and, and bring bring people under the umbrella and understand more about reconciliation mm. of Australia with the 65,000-year-old people yep. that are here. Yeah. So And it's going to hurt, especially um, for the First Nations, but almost equally for the colonisers because... It's something I don't think they really want to relive and be blamed for. Um, but I think it's something we definitely need to talk about and get it. Um, yeah, just talk talk about it so we can progress and move forward and get this uh, reconciliation happening because we bloody need it. Yeah, we do, buddy. We really, really do. And uh, as I said before, there's fantastic people at Reconciliation Australia um, Mel Chilento was uh, one of the co-chairs I, I was talking about before and Tom Tama. Mm. They're very heavy hitters. They're very bright people and, um, you know, they're very approachable as well. In fact, when I spoke to um, uh, Mel the other night, she said, I said, what, what can I do if I want to get involved in Reconciliation Australia and, and I, you know, and I want to try to try to help and find out and, and see what I can do to uh, be a part of this. She said, all you need to do, go on the site, find my name and hit me up. Yeah, there you go. And I was like, well, you know, it doesn't get easier than that. So, 
So I thought, well, I've we, got. Yeah, Karen, I was just going to say, uh, we'll get the link into the show notes. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will definitely do that. So, oh, wow. It's been a, it's been a, a heavy. One. Yeah, it was. I think it was a heavy, interesting night. I'm sorry, mm. people, if you were looking forward to great people that did stuff, we'll probably push that on till next week. Yep. Um, Wentz and I just wanted to um, keep talking about the voice because mm. it's a big topic. And, uh, and it's I think, still very important yeah. to oh, talk about it. Oh, it is. And we will... On this show, as we have done since we started the show, um, we'll keep talking about uh, the brilliant Indigenous um, throughout the years and uh, the leaders that we have now and the uh, processes that are happening and mm. maybe what we might do in, an, in, a, in an, um, an episode into the future in Indelible Indigenous. Maybe we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll do a bit of work Um on the treaty in Victoria, see how that's all working, and uh, also see how the Indigenous Assembly is working as mm. well. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious to know how that is going. Yeah, so yeah, so we might do that. Um, any anyone you wanted to uh, thank uh, for this week, uh, Wentzy, or anything you wanted to say before we go? I just want to thank my oldest Elijah for doing the very best i'm very proud of what you've achieved i don't care what result you've got you're on the right path to the future so i'm very happy about that so thank you for making me a proud parent beautiful sentiments very very well done we should just be proud of the fact that we have kids that are trying to crack on um in life because uh i'd say they've probably got more to be concerned about nowadays than we did when Mm. we were younger Oh, yeah. And and I know my two kids are definitely engaged in anything that's happening in Australia and the world. So they're across a lot of things. So they're not ignorant. And so I'm very proud of that. that we've Fantastic. Been. Fantastic. I've seen your kids uh, turn up at re- uh, referendums and mm-hmm. polling booths and all that sort of stuff. I know you, you're always fighting a good fight, buddy. So, yep. yep. Thank um, you. Absolutely, absolutely. Until next week, we will do some sort of Halloween-y sort of special since we are going to be on Halloween. So we'll have to try to, yeah. I think I've got, I think I've got some wigs or something somewhere. So I have mm, to, I've got I some ideas. Yeah, I have to, <laughs> I have to carve a pumpkin um, <laughs> or a pineapple. Yes, that... <laughs> that might be easier. That's very true. Very true. It's more Australian. Yes. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Actually, yeah, making it Australian. All right, my friend. Uh, Good night, people. Good night. Thank you, uh, listener, and thank you, viewer. All right. Till next week. See See you, Wentzy. See you, buddy. The new Blurred is brought to you by Wentzy and Kickstar, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's blurtstar at gmail.com. And we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another fee coming at you. Has been a Get Off the Grass production. It's brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.